you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live Podcast. It's me, your man, NG Mark Strand, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, next-gen stats guru, Graham Barfield. I got to try something out. You okay. Got to get so... See, I, 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 I like how it landed. We'll roll, we'll roll with that a couple yeah. times right. and see what people think. Uh, so, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit distracted because I am up in our mock draft right now. And I just got Aaron Rodgers at the 10th uh, pick of the 8th round, so I'm, I'm pretty In happy. a 12-team right. league. All right. These yeah. industry mocks are hilarious. I'm yeah. I, quarterbacks. We, I mean, we just wait and wait and wait. It's almost become, it's, it's almost like a joke now. It's like, yeah, it is. Industry mocks for, you know, it, it's, it's sort of like a game of chicken, right? It's like the stare down and like, who's going to be the yeah. first one to take a quarterback, right? It really is. No, you're right. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, I got plenty to talk about. Look at some late round wide receivers. I threw that in there because I've, I've seen a lot of wide receivers kind of get hyped up on Twitter recently. Um, and so I was just curious to get some of your thoughts on how some of these guys are going to go. And uh, got a social poll, as always. And we're going to do a little bit of something different, the fantasy draft of things. Something fun to do every so often now that we're here in the middle of the summer and we're still about a month or so away from training camp starting. So uh, we'll do a little uh, fake fantasy draft of our own with a whole bunch of stuff. But before we get too far into this, as always, go behind the glass, talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I love the topic uh, you have later to do a little tease here on uh, we're hinting at that we're doing a movie uh, draft of some sorts, and before the show, we were talking about uh, a lot of movies and, and stuff that we've, we've seen lately. I don't know if it's just me, but this summer, I guess I'll start with Endgame in April, end of April, might have might be the best stretch of summer movies, at least or the ones that I'm interested in in quite some time, to do with Endgame, Spider-Man, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mm-hmm. uh, just saw Toy Story 4. We have The Lion King, the, the new version of that coming out. Uh, a couple other blockbuster-type stuff with like Godzilla and Men in Black, but a lot of movies that I'm quite interested in. You know, it's funny you talk about that I was, you know, scrolling Twitter and somebody uh, sent a tweet that I thought was really funny. Um, it just, it, it says, you know, is this 1995? And it's, a, it's a, a shot of a movie marquee, movie theater marquee, and the movies are Toy Story, Men in Black, Godzilla, Aladdin, ah. Child's Plus, all <laughs> right? Like, yep. here we are, you know, 25 years later, and, like, all these movies are back in the I got to see Child's Play, because I love horror movies, so I have to go and see it. Uh, and it's Mar- Mark Hamill's the voice of Chucky, yes. right? Luke Skywalker is Chucky. Mm. Yeah. And apparently the Chucky doll is like, oh, yeah. Looks different. I'm, I, I got to see. I think it. you told me about this a couple months ago. Yeah, when we first they first released. Uh, yeah. uh, Annabelle's coming out too. Like yeah, I, I, I dig this. the horror movies. I got to go see that too. Yeah. So yeah, yeah uh, I'll, I'll check it out. So yeah, we will. Uh, we'll do a fantasy draft of things. We'll uh, we'll look at movies. So it'll be it'll be kind of fun. And you know, as always, we'll open it up uh, for you guys on social media. If you have some some uh, category or some some uh, picks that we didn't get, then uh, you guys are free to to jump in with those as well. In the meantime, let's do some news. <laughs> Let's do the news. 
News coming out of Detroit, and it was all over the Twitterverse last week. Matthew Stafford reportedly played last season with a broken back. Now, the severity of which we're not quite sure. Obviously, he uh, he was on the field pretty much all season long. The end result was not great for Stafford. It uh, statistically was one of the worst seasons of his career. Uh, Fantasy-wise, he was not uh, anything that, that anybody was clamoring for off the waiver wire on their roster, but uh, Fab's knowing that he played with a broken back and hopefully having the offseason to get better, does this change maybe your opinion of Matthew Stafford this year? Nope. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, I give him all kinds of credit. Playing the quarterback position with a broken back, it ain't easy. Ask Tony Romo. I think Derek Carr did it as well. Um, but, I mean, Graham just said it. We're in a 12-team industry mock draft, and Aaron Rodgers just got picked. What was it? You said the eighth round? Yep, eighth round. Matthew Stafford's not getting drafted. He's just not. Right. It, and... The Lions want to run the ball. Matt Patricia wants to run the ball. You're going to see a lot of carry on Johnson. You're going to see a lot of C.J. Anderson. They're going to be a run-based offense. This is not the same offense where Stafford's throwing the ball 700 times. Uh, Calvin Johnson's out there. It's just not that same offense. And at this point, being sort of where we are in terms of the quarterback position and it being so deep, like, dude, I'm taking Kyler Murray over Stafford. I, I, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are going to go at his Stafford. I mean, you could make an argument for Josh Allen. You could make an argument for Sam Darnold as well. Uh, a couple of guys who are up and coming. So Lamar Jackson's another one. It, nothing against Matthew. Um, and uh, you know, he, he's been a great fantasy quarterback for a lot of his career. But uh, the, the bloom is off the rose. Yeah. How tough is he, man? Like, man. I know. I, 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 uh, I sprained my ankle a couple weeks ago playing some hoops, and uh, like this past week, it finally like it, the sprain has gone down, and I just felt like such a such a terrible, <laughs> terrible human being, being able to like not even be able to walk on an ankle sprain for like a couple days. Um, Stafford's played through. I think he played through a dislocated finger once before. Wasn't well, well, like a separated what, shoulder he, like early? Or he threw that something? touchdown pass. That was his rookie year. Yeah, actually. like early, I think he he separated he separated his shoulder, came back in like two plays later, right. and threw a freaking touchdown. I just remember the you know the NFL films. Was that a game winning score? I think it was. I just remember the the it was against. In fact, I pulled it up against the Browns. Yeah, um, yeah. I just remember the NFL films video where he's like, yeah, I, I want to come back in. I got you know I want to play, yep. and he, he throws a touchdown. Lions beat the Browns and tough guy. Um, the legend begins. Who, so. who really suffered through a lot of injuries to begin his NFL yeah, career yeah. and then was, was extremely durable, has been extremely durable since then. Yeah, he has played every game. He's played 16 games for what one? Well, basically every season since 2011. So mm -hmm. was that seven, eight seasons in a row? Um, you know, and I, I know people talk about starting streaks and, you know, Eli Manning's starting streak got a big deal and then everything. But Matthew Stafford, I mean, you can count on him to be out there pretty much every single week. So uh, Amari Cooper says his goal is 2000 yards this season, to which I say it's good to want things. Mm -hmm. But um, I mean, look, Graham, I know that he's the number one guy there in Dallas and he did great things when he came over last year. 2000 yards seems nice. Uh, it seems a little lofty, right? I don't think he's going to get there. I'll just, <laughs> we'll I don't think, I, I mean, if he gets to 13, 1400, I think would be very, very, very happy in fantasy. Um, I, this Dallas offense this year is going to be really exciting. I'm actually, for the first time, maybe in five, six years, we have to be somewhat excited for a Dallas offense. Yeah. You know, uh, Scott Lanehan's so. gone. Kellen Moore's the OC. I love it. <laughs> I can't well, uh, wait, man. It'll be exciting, man. I, th I do think they're going to do some interesting things in terms of the way they'll deploy both Cooper, Gallup, um, hopefully mm -hmm. Zeke in the screen game. Uh, it'll be interesting. So no one's ever had 2,000 yards in a season, though. I think Calvin came Calvin close, Johnson right? came close. Calvin yeah. came close, and he's the only one. So uh, even as a Cowboys homer, I'd love to see it happen. 
Sorry, Amari. <laughs> I Graham's right. If we get thirteen hundred and you know eight to ten touchdowns from Amari, we're, we're if Amari there. Cooper score, has thirteen hundred yards and ten touchdowns, I think we'll oh, all have, love we, it. We will all have no yes. pants on. Oh yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's huge. I mean, so it just. The way I look at it, the, the Cowboys offense isn't built for somebody to have 2,000 receiving. No, yards. it's just not. <laughs> Especially when you add Cobb into the mix. Jason Witten, I get it. He's old. He was in the broadcast booth last year, but uh, he's still going to get his targets. Um, that offense is going to be fun, man. Dax, no excuses. No excuses this season for the Cowboys not to win. Playing in a bad division, you've got more weapons around you than you probably ever had. Hopefully, Travis Frederick is back to secure the offensive line. Uh, defense is young and up and coming, although there's some question marks about Byron Jones uh, coming the, off of surgery. The Giants and Redskins are bad, but the NFC as a whole is a really good Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's Cowboys-Eagles in the NFC East. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no doubt about yeah. that. So, yeah, it's a yeah. really good conference. Yeah. Uh, by the, for the record, Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards in 2012. Yeah, I, so I pulled it up, and I, for, I forgot that that prior season, he had scored 16 touchdowns. Yeah, and the, right. the year and he all, almost had 2,000 yards. He had, like, four. I, was say, five. <laughs> I almost want to say he got tackled on the three-yard line one time. He led the or, league or, a me, bunch he, of times. He, he got tackled on the one-yard line led the league. twice, I think. He led the league in getting tackled inside the five. Yeah, that's what it was. I yeah. mean, it had to be. It just, it just, I remember sitting, you know, mm-hmm. working here and sitting on Sundays and watching it and just – yeah, everybody just groaning every time he looks like he's going to score and he gets tackled inside yep. the five-yard yep. line. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which just goes to prove that touchdowns are a fickle beast yeah. and they are hard to project from, from year to year. Uh, Tevin Coleman reportedly is the closest thing to a 49ers league back. That was uh, per Matt Mayoko, who covers the team there in the Bay Area. And, um, you know, Fabs, we have talked about this backfield and we'll continue to talk about it, what it's going to be and, and how things are going to shake out. I know the, the talk was that of the three between Tevin Coleman, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Breida, one of those guys is likely to be a healthy scratch mm-hmm. most weeks just because uh, they're not going to run all three of those guys there. Um, yep. That that I guess sort of clears some things up a it's, little bit. I mean, it's right? good news. We always said that Coleman was going to be the guy to target in fantasy uh, because he's got that 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 rapport with Kyle Shanahan from the time together in Atlanta, his best fantasy season came under Shanahan while they were together with the Falcons. But with that being said, you've got three guys who can carry the mail for you. And if we do see the trend where one of these three is going to be inactive between Coleman, McKinnon and Brita, it's not likely going to be Coleman uh, unless he's hurt. Uh, McKinnon coming off the knee injury, Brita coming off of a hundred different injuries. Um, But all should be fine for the start of the regular season. Coleman would be the guy right now. He's going around the seventh round. That's where yeah. he's going as a flex starter somewhere in the seventh round. And it's an interesting pick because Shanahan's running backs. have had a lot of success, man, right. statistically. So Coleman could end up being a decent bargain, but you still fear that there's going to be a committee situation. They also have Raheem Mostard in there. Uh, and you've got uh, Kyle Juszczyk, who's more of a fullback, but he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So, We'll see. Uh, but Coleman right now is in that flex starter situation. So Kyle Shanahan's RBs have finished in the top 10 in yards from scrimmage in four of the last five years. Yeah. And top 10 in touches in five of the last five. Mm-hmm. And that in this span, obviously, it's with the Browns, Falcons, and now Niners. Um, Tevin Coleman is fantastic pick in the seventh round, I think, this year. Yeah. I think he's a fantastic pick. The one, the one thing you have to worry about is, I mean, can he actually be a featured back for 16 games? He won't be. He's, he's not going to be a yeah. featured back. <laughs> he's, often, he's, never, he's never had more than 199 touches in a season, which came last season. Right. So. I, I just want slices of great offenses, and I think mm-hmm. if the Niners are healthy, um, 
I think this could be a really, really fun fantasy offense. Everyone here is cheap, though. I mean, Breed is yeah. cheap. McKinnon's cheap. It's yep. not like right. it's not like you're paying. Even for Ellie, even Pettis, I yeah. mean, although yeah. he's moving up a little bit. The, yeah. the only guy that's going to cost you a lot is Kittle. Is Kittle. And I want to ask you a question about that real quick, just to sort of veer off topic for a second. Um, because fantasy football is a fickle beast, right? Marcus, touchdowns are fickle. Mm-hmm. Yards. Uh, so are we overrating George Kittle, who I love? Yes. Because he's a WWE guy and he was <laughs> tremendous on uh, one of my fantasy teams last season. He's had one good season. He will not hit the same yardage total he hit last year. He broke the record for single season yards by a tight end. Um, We're on the same page. I, see, like I, We're on the same at page. some point getting into the summer, uh, getting deeper into the summer, I'm going to write a column about things that no one in the fantasy industry is talking about that we should be. And I think basing... And, and he was great last season. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. But but George Kittle is considered one of the elite tight ends in fantasy football right now. After one season where he hit his ceiling in at least two categories. Yeah. I think the, 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 biggest, the biggest argument, though, against it this year, against drafting Kittle in that second round area, is just it's positional scarcity, right? Like, No, I get it. Let's, let's, I let's, get it. Look, first, let's talk about real quick what the 49ers have done this offseason, off, off right? Like they used two picks in the – what, second day to draft Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd. Yep. Brought in Tevin Coleman, who's going to see his fair share of targets. Yeah, you uh, got Dante, Pettis still there. Dante Pettis is going to be 100% Marcus Goodwin healthy. should be. We'll see. Yep, Pettis missed a bunch of time uh, in the middle of the season last year. He's now finally healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting Jimmy G back. Yep. All of these things, I mean, just if you take away a few targets per game from Kittle, I mean, he averaged over eight and a half targets per game last mm-hmm. year. If you take a few of those away... I mean, you're instantly really, really relying on touchdowns. I like um, if someone if someone threw out the the scenario, uh, 88 catches, 1377 yards, over under. I'm going under all day long, and I might go significantly under yeah. in the yardage uh, category. So when you say significantly under, though, I mean you're still what? Right, you're, you're right. He's looking at a thousand yards still. Or are you looking where? I mean, what do you think? So nine nine hundred yards to a thousand yards. Wow, which is still very good. Yeah, which is still very good. Um, seventy look- catches. But I mean, 88, 1377, like the five touchdowns, I can see an improvement there because that's no great chase. I just, but I just look at this wide receiver core, though, in San Francisco, and I think there's a lot of hope, um, but not sure. a lot of not a lot of for sures, you know, and, you know, like, you know, Dante Pettis, I think, is you know, we saw what he can do a little bit. We, you know, Marquise Goodwin hasn't been able to stay on the field regularly enough. I mean, we, we hope that, uh, you know, Debo Samuel turns into something. We sort of know what Jordan Matthews is right now. Um there's just a lot of hope, yeah. and George Kittle's kind of the only thing that you know is there. There is, there is, and my my biggest problem with Kittle this year is because I love him as a player, and he's one of my most drafted players last year. It's just opportunity cost. Like I can't draft George Kittle over. I can't do it either. T. Y. Hill yeah. over Mike Evans. Yep. I just can't do it. I can't at this do point it. This and, and I'll tell you this: um, I was hanging out last week with the Marius Randall, who's a good friend of mine, and you know I'm always picking his brain. He's a DB, and he he, he the one thing he tells me, and I, I remember it, you know, over and over again, dude. When guys break out. Teams have film on them. Teams target them in terms of defending them the following season. So, like, I mean, George Kittle's great. Kittle, Kittle might be a, cr- a Gronk clone, though. Uh, no, I, I mean, I mean, Gronk is always uncoverable for I, so, I, so long. I get it. I, I mean, but we'll see. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I'm not ready to put him in that category at this point. But th- that's going to be interesting. And weird stuff happens every single season. We see it year after year after year after year. Weird stuff happens, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kittle ended up being a disappointment based on the high expectations that he set for himself based on we're, his 2018 number. We, we've taken different paths, but we're both doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I just drafted him in the third round of a draft. I took him in the third um, of a PPR draft, so uh, I'm hoping you're wrong. 
That's all. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong too, but I mean, <laughs> sometimes a guy comes out and he's so great one time and then everyone goes nuts for him and inevitably the chances are that he's not going to meet those expectations the following season. Third round's not as bad as the second. So, okay. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. I feel a little better then. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Cohen says he doesn't expect his role to change in 2019. That's good. Cause he's a guy that I've been kind of taking a later round stab at in a lot of situations. And, um, and I guess on the face, fans, I guess that, that makes a lot of sense when you figure, you know, look, David Montgomery maybe slides into the Jordan Howard role. Yep. So Tariq Cohen kind of just stays where he is. Right? And, and he was, what, RB11 in PPR last season, I, I want to say? I, he was damn good. I had him in a couple of leagues. I never took him out of my lineup. Uh, I mean, the guy had 70, 70 catches, 71 catches. He was ridiculous. And I get David Montgomery comes in, better pass catcher coming out of college, uh, clearly than Jordan Howard was a season ago. Mike Davis is also there as well. But it's almost like the situation in New England, right, where they bring in Damian Harris, who might affect Sony Michelle's role, but not really James White's role. So Montgomery comes in, could affect what we thought Mike Davis would have potentially been the starter, and then Montgomery comes in and then forget about that. But Montgomery comes in, will affect Mike Davis's role. Maybe, maybe take a few targets away from, from Cohen, but Cohen is that Swiss Army knife that, uh, that Nagy loved to use last season, and he was successful, and I don't see him really seeing a decline in terms of his role in the offense in 2019 because he was a big part of why the Bears were so good offensively. If yeah. It, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. No, I mean, I agree. Um, and I, I have, I've kind of been preaching this, that Tariq Cohen's not going to fade out of this offense, yeah. you know, that, that he's still going to have right. a role. I mean, there. he's not going to be the RB11, but could he be the RB18, 19, and you're getting him, you know, in the seventh round? I mean, hell, I'll take him as a flex starter all day long in PPR. My, my problem with, with guys like Cohen and taking them in, like, the sixth and seventh round is just, like, there's just no upside that's, attached yeah, to them. That's just no upside attached. It's like... We know Cohen's going to catch 60 to 70 balls this year, but what's that worth when you're taking him over, you know, you know, potential two, number two or number two three receiver like Robbie Anderson? You're taking him over Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Will Fuller. Um, I like Cohen. I don't think Cohen's change role is going to change too much. I do agree with a lot of the drumbeat that we've heard this offseason. My problem with guys like Cohen is just they have to be attached to really, really great offenses to have a true touchdown ceiling and those kind of pass catching backs just don't have big touchdown ceilings except when they play on the Patriots and they're James White. Mm. So, <laughs> James White's kind of been the only guy in the in that little receiver role where he right. only you know has 80 carries every season but he ends up as a I'm top getting him in like every mock draft I swear man like so many mock drafts yeah. I've gotten him I don't know why people are down on him in the industry but well I just I think but I think you talk about that touchdown yeah. number and it's just it's just so hard because exactly. the touches aren't necessarily mm-hmm. there but you know if, and if the touchdowns don't happen then all of a sudden you just you don't really get much from him um, Cohen, so, Cohen's upside is so I mean his weekly upside is so so sick because he can take one you know one target and go to the house with it right so, human joystick, man. It was a lot of fun to watch in 2018. We'll see what happens in 2019. There you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. So we are in kind of that lull, right? We're still a month away from training camp starting, and, and we're starting to get to that point where by the time we get to September, every player has probably been talked about in fantasy Twitter, right? We have we have broken down every player almost on every roster. Um, so now we've reached the point where we're looking at some of these wide receivers who might go mid to late rounds. And, and 
I came up with this because the Devontae Parker hype has come back into our lives again. Um, <laughs> it does every season at least once. Every year. And so the reports out of Miami are that he looks great, um, you know, that, that he has been the best player in camp, certainly the best wide receiver in camp. Uh, and it all, and it, this year has come with the, no, for real, like, no, for real this time. Like, for real, Devontae Parker uh, is, is legit this year. So um, he's like the... He's like the Jared Cook of wide receivers. Right? I mean, so I mean, it's just as simple. Like, are we, are we finally buying? There's a new coach. There's a new quarterback. Like, are we finally buying Devontae Parker this year? No. no. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Kenny Stills no. is getting drafted ahead of him among Dolphins wide receivers. And I remember last season, why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? Why isn't he playing? And then finally he played. I think it was against Houston. And he went nuts. Mm-hmm. And everyone jumped all over him on the waiver wire. And it was the best game he had all season. I mean, the targets are going to be there, right? I mean, they they uh, they lost Amendola. Um, I, I wrote a column about lost and gained targets that should be up at some point, maybe this week uh, on NFL.com. Uh, the Dolphins go into the season with 95 available targets based on last season's roster. So opportunities are out there. But I mean, you know, Parker is what he is. He, he's he's a late round flyer. I would say you probably would be better off getting Albert Wilson a little bit later to try and get a little value there because Wilson flashed a little bit uh, last season. So, but uh, there's nobody in Miami outside of maybe Drake that, that I'm really targeting in, you know, in my fantasy drafts. So, so even the fact, so this year, uh, you know, Parker's under contract. Next year, there's a club option for him, right? And I know we talk sort of about guys in contract years. Yeah. Um, so nothing. You're not. You're still not. You're still not. <laughs> I know. But like you know, it's it's the same thing every season with him. Even yeah. when the opportunities have been there, he hasn't been able to cash in. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, too. I mean, this Dolphins pass catching and really just their entire like. How we're divvying up the opportunity on this team is really just kind of up in the air still, even at this point. I mean, we've got three receivers here that could potentially see over five targets per game. Mike Isecki's role is kind of in flux. Kalen Bellage and both Kalen Bellage and Kenyon Drake can catch the ball at the backfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Drake's an interesting player for me this season. He really is because, like, he's never been a true featured back, even back to his days in college. But, like, this is the opportunity for him to be the guy. And I wonder uh, if if he's going to actually earn that role yeah. this season. I don't know. I mean, that, that's honestly why I'm taking, I've taken a few late. You like Balazs. Late, late flyers on Kalen Balazs just yeah. because, I mean, you talk about guys who, who are explosive, who can take it to the house on one touch. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he has that ability. Um, and, and I think he's going to try to at least force his way onto the field. We'll see how much it happens. But again, it's like for me, it's worth taking a late round shot. If it doesn't work out, eh, no big deal. Um, yeah. But if it does, then, then it turns into something. You talk, Graham, about divvying up some of these targets in this offense. And one of the other names that I have seen come up in the last few days is Albert Wilson. Now, Scott Barrett uh, you wrote a, an interesting piece about, you know, kind of how the targets are set up. And I saw he had a little graphic uh, about, you know, Wilson's uh, yards after catch and this sort of thing. Now, you know, I am I am one of the people who have pushed the bird alert hashtag on He's Twitter. Good. It's He's good. He is good. But, you know, all these sort of peripheral, you know, yards after catch and, and this sort of thing only really matters if they can get him the football regularly, right? Like, yeah, you can you can give me 13 yards after the catch, but if you're only catching the ball like three times a game, what does it matter? And so, like, I feel like this is one where we, we really are digging into the numbers to maybe try to create a monster that might not be there. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, last year's Albert Wilson has been 
awesome though i mean like he's uh i think top two in yards per route run i mean i think he had like nearly i think it was like 11 yards after the catch per reception last year which is just looney tunes but he only saw 35 targets and he's never seen more than 62 targets in a single season right uh yeah we, we're gonna need you to see a little more volume there buddy yeah it's just uh, <sighs> and it's not gonna come in this offense it's not gonna come there's not gonna be a featured receiver in this offense right. whatsoever so okay so yeah here's the here are the numbers which uh yeah go check it out pro football focus scott barrett wrote it's an interesting article um just kind of going through guys in the miami offense to see if maybe we're, we're undervaluing last year 13.27 yards after the catch per reception uh forced 0.35 missed tackles per reception both of those really good numbers ranked really really high um but man, if he's just not catching the ball, like none of this really matters. <laughs> you know, like in terms of efficiency, like Albert Wilson mirrored Tyler Lockett a little bit last year. Lockett was insanely efficient. He had right. nearly yeah. 14 yards per target. But Wilson and Lockett mm-hmm. kind of had similar efficiency numbers on very few targets. But Wilson, obviously, the biggest problem with him is the hip injury. We have no idea where he's yep. at with that. Right. Yep. That's and he's he's what he's missed OTAs. Yeah, he's yeah, missed he's sure. missed pretty much everything until up until now. Mm-hmm. Um so hopefully he's on track for training camp because he's an explosive fun player when he's on the field. Yep. Yeah. Uh up in New York, Cody Latimer says the Giants wide receiver core can be quote dominant. Uh this is <laughs> are, they, know, are they are they playing in the XFL like uh, look, man, when that starts up you know, dominant? I understand is that right? You you lost OBJ over the offseason. And, and, and so you do have to sort of, you know, kind of puff yourself up a little bit. So I, I, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, the, the corollary of this Corey Coleman right now looks like the front runner for the number three wide receiver job. That sounds like a dominant receiving core to me, guys. <laughs> so, you know, you got Sterling. Sorry, there. Uh, Eddie. Uh, you got Sterling Shepard there. We know Evan Ingram's going to get his targets there. Um, but. What we're 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 in we're in on Sterling Shepard at some point in drafts I would imagine yeah. we're in on Evan Ingram, Tate, but Golden Tate. Uh, <laughs> it's like, but it, you know the, this and I think Evan Ingram probably he'll he'll certainly be a top five tight end um, in in twenty nineteen based on what he's done historically without OBJ and we saw that last season. But there's that question mark: is it Tate or is it Shepard? You know, like if you're if you're up somewhere in like the eighth, ninth round of your draft, you need a wide receiver. Both guys are on the board. Who are you taking? I think it's which one is running these shorter routes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Golden Tate's always been a yards after catch guy. And right. Eli Manning's got the noodle arm thing. So you would think you want to get a wide receiver who can go in there and catch the short and intermediates and maybe make a little hay after he catches yeah. the football. Although Sterling Shepard last year. Uh, he, he had almost 900 yards. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he gets you 1,000 this season. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I think... You guys didn't seem very confident I, in that. I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just taking a receiver attached to Eli, knowing that Shepard and Tate are both going to see very, very low dot targets. It's just so, so boring. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so obviously, like, most likely not a move that's going to help you win weeks in fantasy. Um, it's just more of a depth move, in yeah. my opinion. But... The, speaking of depth, the Giants have just completely punted on their third receiver for like three for years. years now. Literally three years, <laughs> years now. Corey Coleman, Darius Slayton, Benny, I mean, Benny Fowler could be their third receiver this season. Um, yeah. A couple of former uh, Broncos, right? Didn't Fowler play for yeah, the Broncos as well? Yeah, he did. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Ah, did you, okay, you, see, you see the lull in the conversation? Yeah. That's just how, Eddie, I'm how sorry. It's just little the, excitement there is in fantasy. It's just, it's just the Giants. Around any Giants not named Saquon Barkley, although Evan, I, I like Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram. I like Evan too. Yeah. Yeah, there's still there's still some excitement there. Mm-hmm. Um, staying in the state of New York, Josh Allen says uh, Cole Beasley could be a safety valve, and that could be big for them. I mean, look, that's 
in some respects what Cole Beasley was during his time in Dallas, and he was the guy, kind of guy that um, could occasionally, you know, put up a nice number for you on any given week. Maybe not a guy you're starting week to week. Um, potentially, that's what he is in Buffalo, right? I mean, we, we know Josh Allen has the big arm. He wants to go downfield. He's got John Brown. He's got Robert Foster that he can hit, you know, deep down the field. But there may be some some kind of late round value uh, in, in having a guy like Cole Beasley kind of take some pressure off the quarterback. There's, the Bills are upside down 135 targets compared to last season's roster because of what they added. John Brown, who I, I mean, if you're going to draft a Bills receiver, it's probably John Brown because Josh Allen's got a big arm and John Brown can stretch defenses. You've got Robert Foster, who's still there. You've got Zay Jones, who's still there. Um, you know, you bring in Beasley, you bring in Tyler Croft at tight end, Dawson Knox, also uh, the rookie. So, and they didn't really lose anything. So, it's going to be hard. I, like, I don't know that I don't know that Cole Beasley would be any better in Buffalo than he was last season in Dallas. And really, Beasley only had one really really good fantasy season uh, from a PPR perspective. That was a couple of seasons ago. But um, yeah, there's there's a couple of offenses in the league like this where like you're not sure which wide receiver to to go out and get because they have a bunch of the same sort of level, you know, like the Redskins. Like, who the hell do you draft? If anybody, is it is it Doxon? Is it Richardson? Do you go after one of the rookies? You know, the the the, the Bills is the same sort of situation. Um, I, I love Josh Allen because of the pieces that they've put around him mm -hmm. and because of what he can do with his feet, which we saw last season. This is a year we're going to find out a lot about what he can yes, do. Yes, yes. I mean, they, they've got they got four running backs. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't know. What's, I, I, imagine, like, so we're doing mock drafts right now, and, like, there's a – I don't know if it's 50-50, but there's a, there's a chance that McCoy doesn't even make the team. I, I, I don't know, like – it's I think that, that backfield is just a mess. And I always end up getting McCoy because I'm like in the eighth or ninth. I don't need a running back. I'm like, oh, yeah, God, I got to do it. And I, I, I think the McCoy myself McCoy getting cut cliff is passed. Um, they, they could have saved a bunch of money by cutting a pre June one. Mm -hmm. I think the bills. I, I don't know how blasphemous this is going to be, guys, but I think the bills might be good this year. I'm actually really well, no, the pieces I'm around them. Like the, the offense could be could be underrated at They're, this point. But like fantasy purposes, I mean, there's next to nothing yeah. that you can trust there. Yeah, their receiver core is fun, and their defense should be really good this year. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for fantasy, it's just so bleak. <laughs> it is so meh. I mean, they're running back. They're running back group. It's, it's you know, McCoy is likely the number one. Yeah, You've got some combination of Frank Gore and T.J. Yeldon behind him. I still think there's an outside chance Devin Singletary so leaves. Singlet touches this year. Devin Singletary, and I've seen him getting not drafted that, more and more often lately. Yeah, not that there will be particularly meaningful touches yeah but, i mean there's an outside chance he he leads this i got him in dynasty i'm hoping yeah. i'm hoping that 2020 is when he becomes the guy yeah, yeah. In i am backfield or I more am, of a guy i am seeing his name pop up more and more often in drafts mm -hmm. um, well because i feel like you know people who are smart draft for upside and you know mccoy doesn't have a whole lot of upside and gore doesn't have a lot of upside and tj yeldon doesn't have a lot of upside but singletary has at least somewhat in, in a crowded backfield situation so, all right. Well, there you go. Um, so let's look at some of these wide receivers that are still hanging around the boards in the mid to late rounds and, and whether or not they are maybe worth a flyer. Uh, you know, draft at your own peril. Basically. By the way, you started a quarterback run in our mock. So you went Rodgers and then I went Russell. Wilson. You went Russell Wilson. <laughs> and then I saw Baker just got picked. This is what happens, guys, in these industry. Like I want to be the one it's that, starting the run. Right. Right. It's, it's the, the one. It's like, oh, oh. Right. Oh, now I got to get a quarterback. Like, I mean, at this point, the pressure's off. So now I can get after quarterback. It's fine. Uh, although I will say uh, more and more. I have been kind of going a little bit early 
because I'm I'm kind of going all in on the idea that that Andrew Luck will be the QB one this year. So um, I'm starting. So you're to going. I love that. A little, I mean, I so that. when I say early, I mean like you know seventh eighth round sort of thing. The order like has shifted though. I, I've seen so you know Mahomes is going to be number one. Uh, but like I've seen it's Watson and Luck and Rogers. You know, those three guys in no particular order, those are the three that are going to go after Mahomes at some point uh, starting in the middle of your of your draft. But um, I feel like uh, Rodgers is, is sort of muscle memory on a lot of people. No, I know. But I mean, and like, I mean, he's still he's still very good. And I shouldn't say I shouldn't make it sound like he's going to just fall off a cliff because I, I don't believe right. that if at you all. lose fantasy no. points because your quarterback can't chug a beer. It's, that's one thing. <laughs> but the guy is still great. It's completely fair, actually. I mean, Rodgers has been, in terms of like his efficiency, has been just kind of mad the last four years. Right. Now, granted, now I think that's a part of Mike McCarthy's offense just getting extremely stagnant and Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers having to do everything at the line of scrimmage. That's another discussion. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Rod, no, it's a completely fair point, Marcus, about yeah. Rodgers the last couple of years for mm-hmm. fantasy. He's just kind of been in that middle right. tier. He's yeah. been a middle tier. He's QB been a middle tier. Right, exactly. He, he's still a QB1. He's yeah. just not the QB1, yeah. right? And we've all, I mean, last season, we did have discussions on NFL fans. Fantasy Live about whether or not Rodgers was someone that you could ever sit because there were stretches where he wasn't, he wasn't doing great. anything. And he did bulk up his numbers towards the end of the season, especially in that game against the Jets, the uh, I believe. But Vontae Adams had a nuclear game. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe I just have maybe I just have a soft spot for Aaron Rodgers. I still have him ranked two at quarterback, but it's close. There you go. Uh, so speaking of drafts, uh, trying a new thing, the fantasy draft of things. So every so often, it'll be fun just to pick a random category, and we'll go around the horn, and we'll all draft uh, something from that category. Three-round draft. Um, I, I should have done a draft order, but I figure, you know, we'll go because, Graham, since your last name starts with B, you are first in the hey. line alphabetically. Um You can you can start. the the. It's like grade school all over again. Yeah, look at that. Right? Um So... Toy Story 4 just kind of mopped everything up at the box office this past weekend. 118 million. Uh, Eddie, I know you said you went and saw it and enjoyed it and, and said it. Uh, you said it, it, it seemed like the perfect way to kind of end this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I right? mean, three, you could have ended at three, but I could see logically how they extended from three into four. But I think four, for once and for all, for not giving anything away, I think you could walk away and be like, okay, they actually did end it for good this time. And if they bring something <laughs> back in a fifth, then I'm going to say they're pushing it because it doesn't make any sense. Okay. So All right. Um, so because of that, though, I said I decided let's, let's draft the top all-time, or at least your favorite movie franchises. Uh, and now, so we were, Frabs, you and I were talking about this before the show. I think for purposes of this, like, um, like for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we can break those out, right? So, okay. like, the Avengers can be one, Iron Man can be one, X-Men. Captain America, right, like, X-Men. I was okay. going to ask that, because Marvel is just Because it's so, it's so huge, right? Yeah. So, like, let's, let's kind of break those down a little bit, and okay. so, like, have the individual, you know, superhero franchises kind of, you know, you can try to... So, Batman, it. you can go back all the way to Michael Keaton, and you keep it up with Affleck. Yeah, see, like, right. so are we cool so with that? Like, like, so Batman's just one, yeah, right? Yeah, Batman like, should be one. Superman, yeah. same kind of Spider-Man. Yeah. Right. So, okay, so thing. Spider-Man from Tobey Maguire all the way to Tom Holland. Now all the way to just, Tom Holland gotcha, is just yeah. one. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Okay, so that that having been said, uh, Graham will start. We'll just go around the horn. Uh, three rounds, and uh, you're on the clock. I'm an idiot if I don't take Star Wars, right? I you mean, are. It's got to be number one. You are. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, I, it's, it would be not my number one. It's, it's definitely my – it's – up there is one of my favorite. I don't know if I'd say it's my favorite, but it's also like definitely the most popular. I would right. Say. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like it's the right 101. I mean, it's 40 years and counting yeah. for Star it's, Wars. It's the, so. right, it's the right 101. Yep. 
All right. Yeah, that's that works. No doubt. So that wait, works. so like so let's see, Barfield, so Fabiano, Graham, uh, Grant, and then uh, okay, so I'm up next. So you uh, I gotta go Avengers. Yeah. Like, you know, every movie in that in that franchise, I mean like Age of Ultron was okay. You right. Know, but the last two movies have been just spectacular. Uh I I've got to go Avengers. I'm so sorry. To, I still haven't all. I still haven't seen Endgame. Oh jeez! Yeah. <laughs> this Friday, the they're re-releasing right. it this Friday. Wow! Okay, yeah, nice. back. yeah. All right, I'll, I have to go check yeah. it out. The star power in must. that movie, you know, in the franchise. I mean, it's you have two of those movies are over billions of dollars, it's like over three. Got to, got yeah. Got to go, Avengers. Yep. Okay, so uh, for me, at the number three pick, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna venture out of science fiction and superheroes. I'm going James Bond. Ah, uh, uh, that's good. The the James Bond. I mean, they're what twenty. James Bond 25, uh, which I don't think has an actual name right now. I think they're just calling it Bond 25 at the moment until they come up with an actual title. Is uh, They are filming. Although Daniel Craig got hurt. So he's a... Uh, how many <laughs> Bonds have there been now? 24. 24 dudes. There are 24... Oh, no. How many oh, How many actors? dudes who have played Bond? Uh, we well, got Connery. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Connery. Roger, Roger Moore, Moore. George Lazenby, who was one movie mm-hmm. on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Um, the guy I can't remember his name. There's uh, Timothy Dalton. Not him. There's Pierce Brosnan. That's the guy Pierce I was thinking. Brosnan. And now Daniel Craig, so six. six. Who's your favorite Bond? <sighs> well, okay, Sean Connery's sort of in a class by himself, so yeah. I feel like you have to kind of exclude him. So yep. beyond that, for me, it's Roger Moore. Oh, okay. Um, I, because I, that's the guy that we grew up that's with. That's kind of the guy yeah. that I grew up with as Bond. Yes. Um, yes. And my favorite, even though it's far from the best, but my favorite is Live and Let Die. It's not a great one. Um I take that back. It's probably Skyfall now because when I saw Skyfall, I felt like that was a top top five. Skyfall, movie. Skyfall is the best Bond movie. Skyfall is an amazing movie. Absolutely. Uh, but but Roger Moore is probably my favorite. My favorite James Bond. Uh, all right, so uh, Eddie, you were up at, at pick four. Um, I'm I'm going to take this one uh, because of the amount of movies they have and how each one is individually very very successful and it comes along with a uh, a book franchise and it has its Don't. own theme park. I'm yeah. gonna uh, take, I know where it's going. Harry Potter. Yeah. Harry Potter. I had yeah. Harry Potter on my yeah, list as well. Yeah, I knew where that was. going I've be. never seen a Harry Potter movie, but really, yeah, I, I feel like I need to dive into that. They're good. Yeah. You've never seen a Harry Potter? No. Wow. That's almost as egregious as me not seeing any. <laughs> actually, yeah, probably more egregious it. than me seeing never any. Seen I, I get wow. that. Like, I grew I was in second grade when the first book came out, first, second grade. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like you had no choice. You would just like hand it the book, like, all right, start yeah, reading start now. Start reading and then, them. And then, like, I mean, there <laughs> yeah. were school trips to watch the movie. So I like was raised with it. So to me, it's a, it's important. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, I, I just remember I remember seeing one going to see like kind of back to back when they released uh, episode seven, um, and sitting next to this girl who I don't know she might have been fourteen fifteen years old and was on her phone the entire time and every ten fifteen minutes would look up and say what's happening what's going on <laughs> well watch wanted, the damn movie I wanted to throw her phone to the front of the theater <laughs> I really really did um, oh I guess I should have figured that are we are we doing a snake, snake draft or yeah or are we uh, are we coming back we're just gonna make make the loop yeah, whatever we'll just, you want you're making the rules yeah. here pal I'll just go to the loop we'll just go back back to Graham and just come back around again cool. Right. Um, I'll, I'll go to Spider-Man just because it's been around for so long. And if you've seen um, the latest one, the uh, the animated one that was awesome. Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Why did I blink, blink out on that? Inter- Into the Spider-Verse was, I think, one of the three best that renditions a, of Spider-Man I've seen. It is an all-time superhero yeah. movie. It's very, very good. It's very, absolutely very good. all good. Okay. Um, all right, Fabs, you're up. Uh, dude, I got a soft spot for Rocky. <laughs> I mean, if, look, if I you love Rocky, and the Creed movies are also in that franchise. Yeah, we'll throw that in there. The last two Creed, the, okay. this, the last Creed movie was, I loved it. I Absolutely. mean, really, the only Rocky that sucked was Five. 
Like if if five <laughs> five never existed, I mean, like this is one of the best franchises. Rocky one was an award winner. Uh, three and four four most people think is the best one. Um, Rocky Balboa was, I think, very good. And then the two Creed movies were Rocky Balboa were awesome. was what, better than Creed I thought as it well? would be. Huh? You get Creed as well. It's all in the Rocky Balboa universe, isn't it? Oh, that's pretty good then. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was yeah. say if they made a third Creed, then I feel like Creed should be its own. That's true. If, I guess if we get a third Creed, then like in the future if, it breaks if, out, if right? If it's a trio, that's if what you get three it movies and it, and it breaks <laughs> yeah, is out. It? Well, for now, I got it. For now, you got it. Yeah. For now, Rocky Balboa is in those movies. Like you know, it's it's totally on brand for you to to pick Rocky. Like you had to. Yeah, of course. You had to pick Rocky. I had to. Yeah. Um. At this point, there are so many different ways I can go here. You're going to take the one I would take next, I think. Um, You know what? I'm going to go. I don't know if this is a surprise. Oh. So even though, well, as far as I'm concerned, the fourth movie never happened. So I'm going with the Indiana Jones movie. Oh, there you go. Okay, um, I had that written down. Yeah. Realized, yeah, Because it ended with The Last Crusade. That's all that happened. There was that, nothing more after that. Are they doing another one? I, I've heard rumors that they are, but yeah. since, I mean, it's people keep calling it Indiana Jones 5, which is weird because they never did a 4 as far as I'm concerned. Crystal so. Skull was just, oh, oh. it you know, was I, so I never, bad. I never saw Indiana Jones hide from a nuclear blast in a refrigerator. That never happened. I know. I mean, like, and, and to survive that, too. I mean, geez Louise, <laughs> really? I mean, that thing went flying. He landed, came out. Oh, man. It did. Guy, old man, not a bone broken, nothing. Didn't happen. That uh, was just a dumb movie. Uh, all right, Eddie, uh, you're up. End of round two. Uh, I was just going to do another trilogy that has um, that is also done very, very well, but at the last second, I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to go the Fast and Furious uh, series, just because I, I, I love all those guys, and they're they're branching off, yep. and you, you you add The Rock, who makes it better, and you add so all these, like... Tokyo Drift was the only one that That's sucked, the only right? one that was kind of bad. Yeah, I mean, it's... Mm. It, How many movies are they going to get up to now with the spinoffs? Like, I, like eight or nine? Oh, I don't know, but I hear that they, there's talk that they want to get to 10 Fast and Furious yeah, movies. Right, yeah. And then I don't know how many spinoffs they want to do. Um, Speaking of summer movies, Shaw and Hobbs is coming out, uh, or Hobbs and Shaw. Soon with State, Roman uh, Reigns is in that. State, and Roman Reigns is yeah. in it, yeah. Like yeah. They, every person they've added was like great and enhanced the whole series. I mean, they had Gal Gadot before she was famous as in them. Uh, I mean, like I, I just I love the characters, too. I think it's, I think it's great. All right. All right, so we're starting round three. Back to you, Graham. How do we feel about me taking the Dark Knight trilogy? Yeah, you, no, you got to take all the Batmans. Okay, damn. <laughs> you got to take I them mean, all. You got to take them all. I guess I'll have to with the preface yeah, I, that yeah. with, with the preface that the Dark Knight trilogy was. Well, yeah. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna maybe I'm gonna, the greatest streak of superheroes. I'm gonna throw out a hot take. Yeah. Mm. There was only one good movie in that oh, trilogy. No, Batman Begins was boring. And the Dark Knight Rises was just sort of self indulgent, and like aside from like aside from Dark Bane's Knight. couple of lines, yeah. like the Dark Knight itself was incredible, and I think I think that sort of boosts the whole trilogy. But like, yeah. I think the trilogy as a whole, I think it's sort of overrated. I did, mm. I'll give you the final the final film, Dark Knight Rises, was definitely a little bit um, self grandos. I think mm -hmm. would be the best way to put it. Yeah, but I thought the first two, Batman Begins, and obviously Dark Knight was. All right, just so. I, don't know, yeah. I, I, well, I guess I'll take the whole Batman. I just, I just love Batman. So <laughs> plus, yeah. look, we just hit. We just not passed, George Clooney Batman. We just passed the anniversary of the Tim Burton 1989 Batman, which I remember I was 12 years old when I came out, and that was my whole world. Like, I spent months just drawing the logo on all my like folders and book covers in school, like before mm -hmm. it came out, and just having a zillion Batman shirts. Even now, like I went back and watched it maybe a year ago, and there's a scene where 
you know, he's going to go fight the Joker. He's in the bat wing and he flies up to the sky and he stops right in front of the moon and it looks just like the bat symbol. Yep. Even now at like 40 some odd years old, I get giggly when I see it. Yep. So <laughs> I can't, I can't be mad. That, yeah, I mean, Nick, Nicholson was my Joker too. Yes. That's the movie I grew up like watching. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, that was 89, right? Yeah, was that 89? I saw, 89. I saw that for the first time at Cape Cod. I was on vacation with my father and my sister. I saw that. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was a fan. I was a fan. All right. I, I really, and I, th- this is this is like an unpopular opinion, but I didn't hate the Val Kilmer Batman. I didn't hate it. They're okay. I didn't hate it. Like Clooney was way worse, way worse. Well, I didn't hate Val Kilmer. Joel Schumacher did the franchise no favors when he took over. No, as director. Right. And Jim Carrey was in that movie too. Yeah. So it had some star power. And uh, was that was that the one that had um, uh, that had Aaron Schwarzenegger? No, that was that was Clooney's one. That was the bad one. Oh. That was the bad one. Poison Ivy. Who played Poison Ivy? Uma Thurman. Was that was that also Val Kilmer's or was that Schwarzenegger? I I don't even remember. I was now. very young. They're all well, I, but together. I but I did like that one with Jim Carrey. <laughs> I thought that one was bad. So I'm up now, right? Yes, you are. See, this it comes down to like a couple. Shoot, man. <laughs> it comes down to a couple of them. By the way, that was Clooney with Uma Thurman and yeah, okay, uh, that was Clooney. Okay. Schwarzenegger. But Tommy Lee Jones or the different one when he was Two Face. That was uh, with with uh, Michael Keaton. Yes. still Batman. Uh, okay. Then I'm gonna go Lord of the Rings. Oh, okay. you took mine. No, I was I almost went that last because round. I got <laughs> because they got the Hobbit movies also. Yeah, no, but the Hobbit movies weren't good. So I, don't know they, if you I didn't. I didn't yeah. hate them. Those Hobbit movies were bad. I didn't hate them. Oh. no, they weren't as good as the Lord of the Rings, but I didn't hate them. I, I mean. Gandalf was still. Like they took, I mean, I, I, you know, they I took one book and stretched it into three it movies. Was so but the Lord of the Rings was just. I, Lord the, of the Rings is great. The Fellowship of the Ring will forever be my favorite Lord of the Rings movie. That was just. Not that amazing. we're going by like Oscars too, but they're one of the few big franchises that actually wins like awards. It's and they, true. they have like the record for like a moment. And well, when and Art Stark was in the first one. Right. That's yeah. right. Well, that's right. And, and by the way, no, uh, no coincidence. I got a little. Yeah. Game of Thrones. I mean, wins awards that aren't just like you know special effects, right? Yeah, <laughs> like best picture. I right, mean, it won like what twelve awards that one yeah. year. Yeah. The Return of the King came yeah. out. Yeah, I need to go back and rewatch Lord of the Rings. You should. Yeah, absolutely. It's so good. It's been, man. A, it's been a couple years. Um, okay. So next up, I feel like this doesn't get enough attention, and I guess it fits. My my, I took Bond in the first round. Um, so why not take Ethan Hunt? And the Mission oh. Impossible franchise in the third round because I have I have fully believed that we should make Ethan Hunt the American James Bond so that whenever Tom Cruise is done playing him, we just get a new actor to step into the role and we keep Ethan Hunt going. Because really, aside from Mission Impossible Two, the which was John Woo and they had all the doves and the weird slow motion and stuff, like all of them have been really good. Mm-hmm. Um, two was the only one that wasn't good, but they've all been really, really entertaining. So I think Mission Impossible. I feel like it's just an underrated friend. That's that's another friend. I haven't seen one. Oh, I haven't seen oh, any of them. Really Man, good. they're all really good. good. I haven't seen any. Just don't. I mean, skip two, but yeah. see the rest of them. <laughs> no, they're all good. Fallout okay. all right. was uh, amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks, guys. My two picks that were lined up. Uh, <laughs> taking the board. I guess this is called drafting. Um, I was thinking about going a superhero route, but. I, I, this is like more of a pick that I just enjoy watching. It's one of those like most rewatchable movies ever, and they're always on TV. It's the the Ocean's movies. Ooh, I, oh yeah, I like them. Yeah. You get Ocean's Eight with that too, which, which I liked a lot. I liked Ocean's yeah, Eight. It was really good. I yeah. watched it on a plane. I was like, let me just put this on. Like I might fall asleep, or whatever. I ended up like getting. Super and you get the original really with the Rat Pack and all that, right? 
Yeah, which I, yeah. which actually was a really good movie. It's maybe half an hour too long, mm-hmm. but uh, it's good. And the, I, I still and the, haven't seen the new Ocean's Eight. It's it's yeah. definitely good. It's, it's definitely fun. Worth watching. Yeah. It yeah. really is a lot of fun. The, I mean, the cast is so good. They're funny. The cast is. Really uh, good. I'm it, surprised you went there and not Spider Man or Superman. I the only superheroes I had in mind or X Men were the Thor Thor and Iron Man, but Iron Man what three was the bad one and Thor uh, two wasn't even that good. Well, the, yeah, they, the three was brutal. Thor one is great. Thor Ragnarok could are be the best single Marvel but, movie, like not, I mean, uh, non group movie, like single um, superhero movie, but Thor mm-hmm. Dark World was bad, so I didn't go. <laughs> um, and then the new Jurassic Parks kind of stink, so then I was like, yeah. all right, I'm probably. The new Jurassic Parks are not good movies. Yeah. Wait, you, you didn't like good. Jurassic World, the first one? No. Nah. Like, even, uh, even from like a nostalgia standpoint, I didn't no. think it was bad. No. Uh, the second one sucked. I was excited for like. Jeff Goldblum because he's in yeah. it and I'm like and he was in it for 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. So. Stop going to the park, people! Like why? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? But that was like it was the same thing as Star Wars, right? So like you know, The Force Awakens was basically Star Wars. It was basically yeah, right. Oh, and then the and home. then Jurassic World was basically Jurassic Park. Yeah. They just changed yeah. the name and the characters. Yeah. So all right, uh, that's an interesting. That's a. I thought it was interesting. So there were there are a lot left on the board. I mean, you know, I super, know. I would say Superman's not. It's not a surprise because really. Yeah, the original Superman there, movie from 79, Superman 2 was good. Yep. After that, like, there it's, hasn't been a good no. Superman movie. There's been, there been a good Superman movie since, like, 1982. And I would argue that the second <laughs> Superman was the best in the whole franchise. Like, the su- yeah. original Superman was really good, but when he had to face off against the three villains, you know, General Zod and, yeah, and the, the other, other two, two, I can't remember the names. Uh, Nan, was that the, the dude who they, sure. they couldn't talk? It's like naming the other two black-eyed people. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I thought that one was really good. Um, but yeah, after that, like three Richard Pryor was and the fourth one was awful with the dude with the long fingernails with the, I don't know, he was terrible. And then, <laughs> and then the new ones, including the ones Man of with, Steel was bad. Uh, yeah, I mean. No, Batman no. versus Superman was bad. When Batman versus Superman was maybe one of the worst movies I've ever seen. It just, it, right. <laughs> the, and, and you know what's stupid it about it? So what, what was the bra- it? What was the breaking point where they became pals? Your mom's got oh. the same name as I my almost, mom. I almost walked out. Oh. I was like, are you kidding me right when, now? When the Martha thing happened, I almost left. It was so stupid, dude. The Which, the, the funniest thing about that Batman versus Superman is, isn't that's when Wonder Woman's in that movie, right? That, yes. That's like the best part of it. It's like mm. the character's name, the character who's w- not in the title of the movie when has to of, save the movie. Right, when the three of them like, <laughs> fight towards the end uh, against the, the dude, Doomsday, yeah. was it Doomsday? Doomsday? I don't know what it was. Yeah. Um, that was okay, but it's. I mean, Justice League wasn't that good. Like it's so, it's so disappointing. Justice League was bad. Aquaman that was like what I grew up with, man. Like the Justice League. I mean, obviously, you know, the Marvel characters I like too. But I was more into like Batman and Superman, and they just. That's so disappointing. Wonder Woman was great, but Wonder Woman was good. The difference between Marvel, even if Marvel has like a dud, and they haven't had a dud in quite some time. They never got crushed as badly. What as was their dud? What was Marvel's dud? I mean, probably like we just talked about Thor, Thor two, the some of the, right. Iron, some of the Iron Man's, but like that, right, the, Cap- third, the actually, third one was terrible. I forgot Captain America, Captain America, the Civil War, and Winter Soldier are both very good. I probably awesome. Them. Yeah. They were awesome. So they did yeah. a good job, and then obviously yep. the newer ones are great. Marvel's great. Yep. Um, the new Spider Man, Tom Holland's great. So uh, yeah, but DC really uh, screws up yeah. big time when they put out big dud time. movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I was gonna go with a different social poll, but maybe we just make this the poll, like you know, like let folks agree, you know, decide who uh, who Agreed. won the draft. So yeah, who is our? You even put draft up our top winner. four. Yeah, yeah. We'll put yeah. put them up in the. Okay. Yeah, you guys can vote on on who you thought had the best draft. Um, but it did. I'll let you know what the other my other social poll idea was. I like just, this one. We just kicked this funny. around for yeah. a little bit because so I'm sure a lot of you have seen on Twitter, uh, Cam Newton was 
weirdly enough, flying coach somewhere. Um, yeah, how does that happen? He was like flying on an international flight, Cam's not in man first of the class. People. Cam's a man of the people. Yeah, except he was trying to not be a man of the people because he, <laughs> no. he offered somebody $1,500 to switch seats with him, and that person said no. Um, but it made me wonder, like, would any of you give up your first class seat? How much did I pay for it? Um, see, and that's what I'm wondering. Like, why 1500 Because that seems sort of an arbitrary number, and I'm wondering if that was the cost of the first class ticket. Like, I would want... The cost plus a little plus bit more. X. Okay. Because now, I mean, uh, number one, if I can afford to fly first class, yeah. I don't care if Cam Newton's come up to me and, and offering me fifteen hundred bucks because the, what's fifteen hundred bucks to me? Yeah. If so. Yeah. If if it is like a fifteen hundred dollar ticket, you would definitely want plus. But if it's just like a domestic flight from I don't know, let's just say L.A. to Houston and. $1,500 for, like, probably what would cost, like, a $600 first Heck class yeah. seat. Yeah, I'll take that. Heck yeah. Right, yeah I'll right, take yeah. that. It just depends on the flight. Like, we don't know what the flight is. Um, I ran into Cam Newton at a Shake um, Stick. Wait, Shake Shack? Shake, shake Shack. Shake Shack? Shake Shack in Atlanta, of all places. He was, like, yeah, he was, I guess he's picking up dinner. He is so much larger in person. Mm-hmm. Than, oh, I can uh, imagine. No, that, than, you know what? Like, I, you see on the football field. Alex Rodriguez, same kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a big dude, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, By the way, the flight was from Paris to Charlotte. A 10-hour flight from Paris to Charlotte. Dude, you got to up that game, man. He just got paid $100 million. How does he not get, like... I did not buy a first-class ticket in the first place. That's got to be three Gs, at least. Like, if you're you're doing a 10-hour haul... Yeah, across the Atlantic. That's across the Atlantic. I feel like yeah, I feel like fifteen hundred dollars is not enough for that's that. A, that's a little. It said short. it was business class. Does that mean it was like one of those just, just those like? Was it first class or was it just one like I want more leg room? CBS uh, News said it was business class. So, it, so Cam, it might be the extended leg room seat that he wanted, not just the first but, class. Like, but the business class seats on some of those flights, those long haul flights, are essentially first class. Oh, they I mean, are. They're really nice. So yeah, Cam, I mean, really, really, really coach nice. Guy. I'm a coach guy. Yeah, on the way. Yeah, I'm a coach guy too. But when you walk by, I mean, it's just obvious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so Cam put, uh, paid for a business class seat. Um, oh, okay, so here, paid for a business class seat but missed his flight. Oh, oh that's so, even worse, dude. So yeah. then he was forced to forced to fly home via a connecting flight in Dallas in regular economy with no extra leg room. <laughs> so this is sort of on Cam, right? That's fall. on you, dude. This is totally that's on, on Cam. you. He's just like us. He's missed flights. He's got to sit with everyone else in the back. But I do feel bad. If you're literally – Six foot or over, and especially if you have a backpack and you have to put out your yeah. feet, you have no room. There's no like, room. The only way you can do it is an flight, aisle seat. Fl- air travel is just so bad. It and is they the worst. They like make your, your, and lean they, your seats forward, and you're gonna, you're always next to people. And if you're if you're next to a bigger person and you're squished, you lose your armrest. Like, and they nickel and dime the hell oh, out yeah. of the customers now. Like Man. they've split up. Like it was like oh, it was first class, and then it was you know, coach. Now it's like. First class, business class, uh, economy class, we, uh, and then it's like basic, basic. Co- I'm like, yeah. we could do a whole you know? off-season podcast just bitching about air travel. Oh, absolutely, sure. <laughs> absolutely. I mean, honestly, train travel is the greatest thing ever. It just, you know, you just it never, to, ca- it never caught on. Here. Never caught on because you just have to, you know, it takes time, admittedly. But if you have the time to do it, I am a a firm advocate of traveling by train. I love me some Amtrak, some Amtrak Express. It. It's great, love really it. good, absolutely. So, uh, so there you go. Uh, we'll have our poll up. You guys can vote on it, and uh, you guys can vote in with uh, you know the the franchises that we missed that didn't get drafted. Uh, you can jump in and uh, and weigh in with your submissions as well. We so. have the uh, Hard Knocks uh, results from last oh, week. Oh yeah, if you want. yeah, please. So last week we put uh, which was the best season of Hard Knocks. The four we came down with were the Jets, the Browns, the Texans, and the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone have any predictions of what? I'm won? gonna guess the Browns. Yeah, Browns. 
The Browns did win with 43%, followed by the Jets at 32, Texans at 17%, and the Bucks with uh, 8%. Wow. Okay. All right. I mean, the Browns was a good season. I also feel like there was maybe some recency bias, but, you know, it was a good season. It was entertaining. I mean, definitely recency bias, but that was one of the most entertaining seasons. That was seasons a very entertaining a season. So, cool. Uh, a heads up next week. We'll be with you a little bit earlier. Uh, the 4th of July holiday is coming up, so uh, we will be recording, what, uh, Tuesday? Is that what we're doing next week? Monday or Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday. Monday yeah. or Tuesday. Earlier in the week. Definitely. We have not yet officially decided. We'll figure that out. But uh, keep an eye out for the podcast coming a little bit earlier next week as well um, because, you know, holiday time. So you guys can uh, go out and, and The last holiday before. Yeah, NFL summer is pretty much over. Before it's all coming. <laughs> NFL Wait. summer is over. Uh, so, so Don't remind me. I know. So. All right, that's it. We are done. We appreciate you always as listening. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, most of the really fun things in life are either immoral, illegal, or fattening. We'll see you next week. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.